ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus our Lord, family, friends, and foes, and even foes in the family, and to the standing between the living and the dead. Prayer, devotional, memorial, family and evangelistic service family members, my beloved. Pardon me. This is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the White House daily reading of the Chronological Bible, episode number 516, where I simply read the Holy Bible in the King James Version each day in chronological order. This unique viewpoint and this unique arrangement of the Holy Scriptures allows us to read the whole Bible as a single true nonfiction story and to see the unfolding of God's plan in history. Today we are reading Second Chronicles chapter 3 verses 18 through 14. I'm sorry. Second Chronicles chapter 3 verses 8 through 14. Shall we pray? And we should pray. We need to pray. And let's pray in faith believing. Jesus Christ said, Ask and ye shall receive, seek and ye shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I praise you and I thank you for your holy word. And I pray that you would grant me your energy, strength, unction, anointing, and the power of your Holy Spirit to teach it, to preach it, and uh, to read it, and to pray over it, and to obey it, and to apply it to my life, and help everybody else to do the same. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for sake. Amen. Pardon me. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, I have the high honor and the distinct privilege and the great pleasure to read in your hearing, Thus saith the Lord, the Word of God, the Holy Bible. At Second Chronicles chapter three, verses eight through fourteen. And he made the most holy house, the length whereof was according to the breadth of the house, uh, 
twenty cubits, and the breadth thereof twenty cubits, and he overlaid it with fine gold, amounting to six hundred talents. And the weight of the nails was fifty shekels of gold, and he overlaid the upper chambers with gold. And in the most holy house he made two cherubims of image work, and overlaid them with gold. And the wings of the cherubims were twenty cubits long. One wing of the one cherub was five cubits, reaching to the wall of the house, and the other wing was likewise five cubits, reaching to the wing of the other cherub. And one wing of the other cherub was five cubits, reaching to the wall of the house, and the other wing was five cubits also, joining to the wing of the other cherub. The wings of these cherubims spread themselves forth twenty cubits, and they stood on their feet, and their faces were inward. And he made the veil of blue, and purple, and crimson, and fine linen, and wrought cherubims thereon. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, we praise you and we thank you so much for the beauty and the power and um, the meaningfulness of your holy word. We cannot even describe it for those of us who are truly saved, what it does in our soul above all other reading. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray. Help us to love it, to cherish it more, to obey it, and to apply it to our own lives, to, to read it, to teach it, and to preach it, and to preach a holy gospel from it. For it is all tied together in the Old Testament and in the New. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and forsake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family, and to the standing between the living and the dead, service family members. My beloved, this is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the White House family devotional reading of Charles Spurgeon's Treasury of David. This is episode number 133. Uh, the devil is trying to use my wife who is supposed to be helping me. And uh, she is losing her place and not paying attention. But it's uh, a good thing when the devil is trying to hinder you. 
it lets you know that you're doing something uh, that's bothering him, and that's okay. Red. <coughs> Pardon me. We're at Psalm fourteen seven. Oh, that the salvation of Israel will come out of Zion. When the Lord bringeth back the captivity of his people. And I love reading this. Jacob shall rejoice and Israel shall be glad. Natural enough is this closing prayer. For what would so effectually convince atheists, overthrow persecutors, stay sin, and secure the godly as the manifest appearance of Israel's great salvation? The coming of Messiah was the desire of the godly in all ages, and so it is today. I'm adding that part, and though he has already come with a sin offering to purge away iniquity, we look for him to come a second time. We do. I preached on it last night. I preached on it Saturday. And to come without a sin offering under salvation... Oh, that these weary years would have an end. Why tarry he so long? He knows that sin abounds and that his people are downtrodden. Why comes he not to the rescue? And Spurgeon said it respectfully, and I read it respectfully, to our Lord. His glorious advent will restore his ancient people from literal captivity and his spiritual seed from spiritual sorrow. Wrestling Jacob and prevailing Israel shall alike rejoice before him when he is revealed as their salvation. Oh, that he will come. What happy, holy, halcyon, Heavenly days. Go ahead, Spurgeon. <laughs> I can't keep up with you. And I'm living the day and you did. Uh, I, I need to... I need to check that word out. Hold on one second, folks. One happy, holy, halcyon heavenly days should we then see but let us not count them slack for behold pardon me but let us not count him slack this time my wife my wife helped me uh, I messed up the word and she pointed it out which she loves to do anytime I mess up something but let us not count him slack for behold he comes he comes quickly. Uh, blessed are all they that wait for him. 
shall we pray. Holy Father God, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the house and days past and the house and days future. Thank you, Lord, for your servant, uh, Spurgeon, the Prince of Preachers, uh, a man that you're using to be a blessing to us, even though he is dead and in heaven with you. It is your unction, it is your anointing, and it was done and is done for your glory, your praise and honor. And on top of that, he's educating us from the grave. Lord, we thank you. Help us to always be encouraged and to stay encouraged by remembering uh, your word and his words, uh, which expound your word. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. So, my dear friends, we are now going to what I call the family verses. We're going to our family segment, and uh, which is Ephesians chapter 5 and chapter 6, which deals with family issues. In fact, God deals with the family issues. I saw a something today, a dear lady, she tried to stand up for God in the Bible, and she has a wonderful hashtag that says, God's way is the best way. And my dear friend, you can believe that. It's best to do it God's way. You may not understand it. Just do it. Isn't that what Nike told you? Y'all do what Nike tell you to do. Do what God told you to do. Just do it. You don't have to understand everything. You don't have to like everything. You don't have to appreciate everything. The true Christian who is born again and who loves God and who loves Jesus and who fears God They just do it. With God's help and grace, they choose to do it. And then God blesses it, my beloved. So just do what God has commanded you to do. Preacher, are you saying God commanded people to do things in the New Testament? God is God. He does nothing but command. He does not suggest things to you. He's not advising you. He's not giving you some little tools, ten tools to uh, have a happy marriage. Uh, get away from that foolishness and other people's books and get back to the book, God's book. And guess what happened? She was persecuted by her so-called Christian friends. I call uh, Christian females. Condemned her. Mocked her. Laughed at her. For wanting to do it by uh, God's way. She was right. All she was saying is she was using a, a object lesson and showing uh, women we don't need to be trying to take over 
the man's role. We're not built for, women are not built for that. You're not built for that. And you know it. You only reveal it when you can't handle things anymore from juggling everything, trying to be the man, the woman, and everything else. Many divorced women have found this out. Many separated women have found this out. And there are thousands of women like that today sitting on the side of the bed crying and horny for their husbands. Desiring their husbands as the Bible says she would, the woman would. And you can run and you can gallop and you can go all over the country, all over the world, trying to find you another man to, to satisfy you. Let me tell you something. If you're married to a man already, he's not going to satisfy you. First of all, you're going to feel guilty the whole time you're doing it. You're going to feel guilty and nasty and filthy. And you're going to have a desire for your husband. Not just sexually, but in other ways. And you're going to be saying to yourself, self, how stupid was I to leave my husband with my bad self and I was not even a good wife. And here I am sitting on the side of the bed crying and uh, uh, horning for my husband. I don't care if you like it, my sweet evangelicals. I never don't dare to say anything. Because you, you, you all have done this foolishness. You messed up thousands of families. I'm talking to pastors and pastors' wives. And I don't care if you like it or not. And I double dog dare you to try to say you have not done so. It's a mess. And I'm trying to correct it. Uh, the woman is not wired to lead a family. Period. That's foreign to the scriptures. If you didn't want to get married, you wanted to be footloose and fancy free, go ahead with your bad self. You should have never got married in the first place, messing up people's lives. Messing up your life, messing up your husband's life. Now you're messing up another man's life. You're messing up his kids. You're messing up your kids. What, what else? What else? See, these little reverends and little doctors up there telling her to stop it. Uh, and I call them Jezebels. They're Jezebels. Messing with that woman. I know for some reason... The magazine didn't even show her face, or didn't even they scratched their face out, their faces out. And then, uh, I guess they were getting so much negative uh, response, so much of a negative response. I don't think they even mentioned her name. I don't know how they did that, if they were basing it on Twitter, but anyway. Here's what you better do if you want to keep your family together, and not get strung out, and got your children strung out and being molested by strangers and people who are even having sex with you, looking at your daughters and all that kind of foolishness. You devil. You Jezebel. Now, your sweet pastors are not going to say that to you. And I, 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 uh, I may, may God bless them. Uh, they don't probably, they really don't need to tell you that. It's for me to tell you. Because that's what you are, Jezebel, in the church. And, and I told these 
dear ones who always got something to say and got a smart mouth that goes against God trying to turn women away from the word of God you devils you're worse than Jezebel's doing that foolishness condemning a woman who's trying to do it God's way you're probably not even saved so there's no room if there's no room for a woman in the church trying to do it God's way and who's saying God's way is the best way father knows father knows best by faith, by the way, this is a faith journey. You Jezebel woman, this is a faith journey. Oh, I wish I was live. So guess what? You have to obey God by faith. You, you have to do everything else by faith. You hopefully got saved by faith. This is a faith journey. You got saved by the same words that, uh, that uh, in the same Bible. You are saved by words in the same Bible. There's something wrong when you get to this passage and God tells you to subject yourself to your husband, submit yourself to your husband, since your great, 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 great grandmother did not do so. And God is in this mess, this whole mess, Eve, that is who I'm talking about, in the first place. There's a reason why God did this. There's a reason why you have a desire for your husband, uh, even though you out and about, and you're separated and divorced. This is why you're sitting on the side of the bed with the lamp on crying. Boo-hooing. Masturbating, thinking about your husband. Don't get mad at me. Oh, you should. Oh, you should. Well, you need. You should shut up. You, you you don't need to say what you're saying. Then, if I can't say this, you people are not little angels. And your little uh, uh, Jezebel men, y'all talk about everything. Men, how men look, and all that, and how many you don't have time for your husband, and all that kind of foolishness like that. So, if you want to keep your family together, you need to obey the words in Ephesians chapter 6 and chapter 5, chapter 5 and chapter 6. The passage we're reading today is not necessarily a family verse proper, but God showed me that if you don't get a hold of Ephesians 6, 10 through 20, the devil is going to destroy your family. Here's why. Let's read. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. If you don't do that, men and women, husband and wife, fathers and mothers, husbands and wives and children, and even adult children, for many adult children are going to bury their parents from their home because they're going to live in the home with their parents. Many people are doing it. Uh, one lady who uh, we all have great respect for, Mrs. Swallow, wrote an article about that today. That's happening, whether they like it or not. And it's a good thing for many young adult women, especially, and, and, and men. But it's a hard thing to do. And if you can avoid it, you need to avoid it. The family needs to avoid it. 
raising children is one thing. There's not too much talk about the whole family staying together after that in the Bible. You turn them over to God. You turn your children over to God. You raise them for God and you turn them over to God and you pray for them. You know, you don't need to have them in the house. Because uh, if they were devils as teenagers, buddy, they're going to be uh, uh, a polyon as adults. <laughs> you don't need that, you, you older people. You need some help, but you probably need some help from somebody else. Hire somebody else to help you if you can afford it. Verse 11, put on the whole arm of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. If you don't put on the whole arm of God every morning, your family is going to be destroyed and busted up by the devil. Husband and wife and children, everybody must do it because if the devil fires, finds a weak link, he's going to go through that weak, uh, that weak link. Excuse me. Verse 12, here's the key verse that you must understand in a marriage and family. You're not going to hear this from the sweet evangelicals. They're going to have some tools for you, a toolkit, man-made foolishness. <laughs> They're going to give you some tools and some skills, how to cope with uh, your wicked selves. Verse 12, here's what you need to understand. The devil is behind it. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Understand, my beloved, you do not wrestle. You do not fight with flesh and blood, human beings. The devil is very much behind it. And he works with a person's flesh, and before you know it, you got a mess on your hands. But you need to always remember that the devil is the one seeking to cause you all to have a problem and a so-called argument, which there should not be any arguments in a Christian marriage, period. So to hell with all of the books in evangelicalism and in Christianity that talks about on the title and in the book how to have good fights. We all fight, so let's have fair fights and good fights and other, excuse me, bull sheep. There's no such thing. Are you, do, are you keeping your job while you're arguing with your boss? Huh? That's not going to happen for long if you are. And they could fire you on the spot. That's not, it's called insubordination. And, and as I have, I got uh, uh, a family member talking about going into the Marines. I said, well, you better learn how to humble yourself and obey orders. Because you will not be in the Marines a hot day if you don't obey and submit to the authority over you. They will kick you out on your butt if you do not submit and subject yourself. That's for a man or for a woman in the Marines. Okay? So, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. There's no, uh, there, we don't, there's, a, there's no such thing as arguments in the Christian church, uh, in the Christian family. Forget that. 
That's that's what your parents have done. That's what your parents have done. That's what your grandparents have done. That's what you're doing. That's all. It has nothing to do with a Christian marriage and family. So don't believe that lie. And all those books should be pulled off the shelf. There's nothing but lies and dishonesty and deceit. Verse 13, Wherefore take unto you the whole arm of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. If you don't have a military mentality regarding your Christian life, that you are not on a playground, as I shared with you yesterday, but in a battleground, uh, on a battleground, and you're in a fight. You're not, your marriage is not going to survive because your marriage and your family, even though you don't want it to be a battleground, there's somebody who does. Your enemy wants it to be a battleground. And he has launched bombs and uh, shelling and all of that on you to create a battleground instead of a playground and a pleasure ground and a peace ground. You need to understand that. So, the reason why we celebrate Zelensky, he did not ask for the fight, he did not start the fight, but he stood up to fight when, when, when the war came to him. And that's what you better do, because the war is coming to you. Don't run and get a divorce, stay put and fight. Fight for your family, fight for your children. Don't leave and separate and then all of a sudden realize how good you had it uh, and, and, and you wanna, now you want to fight for your family and now you want to come back and be a pain in the behind instead of changing yourself. When all you did was leave to manipulate your husband to try to get control over him. If you are successful at doing that, you're going to lose the battle. Verse 14, stand therefore having your loins girded about with truth. Make sure you plant your family on the Bible, period, and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. The Holy Bible. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. If you don't pray without ceasing uh, and you're married, you're not a wise person. I'm telling you to your face. You just, you, you, you have no understanding. Seriously. Prayer will make you, uh, pardon me, family life will make you pray. See, see, this is why God wants most men and women to get married. Because marriage and family will break you, make you, and mold you to be a better Christian. Because this is the real thing right here. I remember when, when the children were little, I took them to a movie. I can't remember the name of the movie. But one of the fav my favorite scenes was, you're playing with the big boys now. I think it was Moses, the cartoon, the cartoon Moses. You're playing with the big boys now. This is this is the real deal up in here. Oh yes. Oh, you can fake it at the church with your bad self. Mm -hmm. You know how to do the Christian handshake. You know how to do the uh, Christian hug. Bam. Oh yeah. So yeah. Uh, can you do the Christian hug at home though? Uh, 
Can you say I love you to your husband? Can you say I love you to your wife? Can you say I love you to your children? Can the children say they say say I love you to the parents? Huh? And mean it, and act like it at at the house, not just out there at the church. Most Christian families are the Adams family at the house. The husband has no control over anything. Uh, the wife doesn't either, but she thinks she does. And they're the Brady Bunch at church, nothing but hypocrites. That's how it's been for years, and God shut it down. That's why God shut it down for two years, over two years. And it's basically shut down now. Because wise people are not going, grouping up, and listen to me. You can listen to Fauci all you want to. He said, he said the foolishness like this in the past, and I have no, uh, I have, uh, I have nothing against Fauci. But the vice president is sick, with, uh, and she's been vaccinated four or five times. Now she's taking the pill. So this thing has not gone away. We're still in the plague pandemic. Don't believe the lie. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I have an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Make sure you lead your family to preach the gospel, to minister, to help other people, to share the gospel. For the glory of God. Now let's pray for other families and other people. Holy Father God, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray that you would save families that don't know your Savior. We pray that, Lord, you would revive Christian families to do your words and not what they think. And Holy Father God, we pray for the salvation of those who are not saved. We pray for the revival of those who are. We pray for the healing of the sick. And we pray for the comfort of the grieving and the mourning all around the world for various reasons now. As things are on the increase. And... Uh, um, especially regarding the coronavirus plague, especially regarding the war. And we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the millions who are hurting and grieving and mourning and that you would draw them to yourself. And we pray for a few families by name. We pray, as we've done for over 700 of these services. We pray for the family and friends of Missouri resident Angela Cornelia Hole. We pray, Lord, for the family and friends of Florida veteran Robert Watson, Jr. We pray for the family and friends of Massachusetts teacher Phyllis Marie Welch. We pray for the family and friends of Ohio resident Billy Jean Robertson. We pray for the family and friends of Washington State resident Constance Claire Ford. And Holy Father God, we pray for all people who name the name of Christ. Forgive us of our wicked sins of disobeying your great commandment and your great commission. We have failed you, and we have failed your church, and we have failed the world. God, have mercy upon us, and forgive us of our sins, and help us to repent, 
and change our ways and get back to you our first love. And speaking of that, Lord, help us all to humble ourselves, to pray, to seek your face, and to turn from our wicked ways, and to repent, and to get back to you our first love. And Holy Father God, we pray for all Christians who are being persecuted around the globe, including America. And I pray that you bless and protect all Christians who are being persecuted, uh, Lord, uh, including us. And we pray that, Lord, you would um, grant us all your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit to um, to prepare us, Lord, uh, for what we might face. Give us grace in our trying hours and in our dying hours. And Lord, we pray now for uh, the peace of Jerusalem as well. And we pray, Lord, for all prayer requests. We pray, Lord, for um, Raphael. Please strengthen him and and he's been persecuted quite a bit over the past two years. Uh, I marvel at how you have sustained him through the roughest time of his life. We pray for Shukwinder. Please bless and guide him and his wife. Renew as they preach in non-Christian communities. Bless them with Bible literature, gospel tracts, and open up new ways for them and use them to serve you to their fullest. Deliver them from the financial crisis they're in. Give them good health and bless his electronic repairs business. We pray that you deliver them from problems in ministry work and send good and loving believers to them to work with them in one mind, body, and family in Christ. Give him and his family great health and protect them from evil people and sin. Give his daughters parole and dire wisdom and open their minds Bless them with the money to pay all of their education expenses. Use him and his family for ministry according to your will and help them to remain faithful till the end. Uh, bless the Sunday worship services, Bible study and prayer meetings and charity and welfare work for the poor and needy people. Protect and deliver Conwell Preet and her house from evil spirits. Help her to believe in Jesus Christ as Savior and to be free. We pray for Perika. Please bless him with a building for the orphan's home so he can better prepare the orphans to serve you. And Holy Father God, we pray for all of the people who have gotten saved through the ministry and all of the people who have uh, rededicated uh, uh, their lives to you. Lord, we pray for Irfan team. We pray for Brad. We pray for Shah, Kwan. We pray for Brian. And we pray for EB. And Lord, we also pray for the people who have recommitted their lives to you. Help them to grow in the faith and to stand strong in the faith. Help these Christians to grow in the faith and to stand strong in the faith. Uh, And we pray for the thousands of others as we're only praying for a few by name today. And help them all to stand strong in the faith and to grow in the faith and be the Christians you want them to be. Lord, we pray for Victor, Uloma, Donsu, Godwin, and Gillian. We commit these souls into your hands. Let your will be done in their lives and in ours. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for our sake. Amen.
God bless you, dear friends. Until next time, I'm getting ready to go preach now. Pray for me. Now, dear friend, if you are with us today, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, John 3.16 states, For God so loved the world, these are the words of Jesus Christ, God so loved the world, that means that if you are in this world, God loves you. That he gave his only begotten son, God gave up his only begotten son to suffer and to bleed and to die on the cross for your sins. He shed innocent blood on the cross for your sins because Jesus Christ never committed a sin in word, in thought, in attitude, or in deed. Yes, you can have a sinful attitude. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son up to suffer and to bleed and to die on the cross for our sins, however, our lies, our stealing, our lusting after people and things, coveting after people and things, what other people have, our disrespect and dishonor and disobedience and having bad attitudes towards our parents, our taking God's name in vain and so many other sins. These are just five of the Ten Commandments. If we have broke one of them, we have broken the whole law according to the Bible. Jesus died for all of our wickedness and all of our sins. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, he was speaking of himself, that whosoever believeth in him, the word whosoever means anybody at any time, the word believeth means to trust in, to have faith in him, Jesus Christ, should not perish, that is, you will not go to hell, but have everlasting life. So, dear friend, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ today so that you can be saved from the torments of hell. For the Bible teaches that once you die unsaved, if you die without believing in Christ, you will immediately wake up in the torments of hell. If you want to avoid that and wake up in heaven and in the arms of Jesus Christ, if you will, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ down here. For the Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 13, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou you shalt be saved. For whosoever, whosoever, there's that word again, whosoever, anybody at any time, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. Saved to what? Saved to heaven. It's very simple to be saved, very easy to be saved, contrary to what people will tell you. You don't have to be in a church building to get saved. You don't have to join a church to get saved. You don't have to get baptized to get saved. You don't have to give any money to the church to get saved. You don't have to shake the preacher's hand. You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to walk down the aisle. You don't have to do anything to get saved, but believe in Jesus Christ and call on his name and pray and ask him to save you. 
and he will do so, my beloved. If he did it for me, he'll do it for you. So believe in your heart, only you can do that, that Jesus Christ suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried, and rose on the third day. Pray with me the sinner's prayer. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Let's pray. Holy Father God in heaven, I acknowledge that I am a wicked sinner and I admit that I have broken your Ten Commandments. I have indeed committed some of those sins that were mentioned earlier by the preacher. And Holy Father God, I admit that I deserve to go to hell just like a criminal deserves to go to jail. For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive me of all of my crimes and sins. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and uh, into my spirit and save my soul. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day. And Lord, I I do not understand it all, but I thank you for it all. And I believe it all. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul. And change my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to truly repent of my sins past and to truly repent of my sins present and to turn from my evil life and to follow you, Lord Jesus, in the new life. For it is in your name I do pray Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you just believed in the Lord Jesus Christ with all of your heart as your Lord and Savior, and you prayed that prayer with me and you meant it from your heart, I declare to you that based upon the Word of God, the Holy Bible that I just shared with you, you are now saved from hell and you're on your way to heaven. Welcome to the family of God, dear friend. I want to congratulate you on doing the most important thing in life, and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For more information to help you grow in your newfound faith in Christ Jesus, please go to gospellightsociety.com and read my book titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Jesus Christ said in John chapter 10 verse 9, uh, and this is what the book title is based on, I am the door, Jesus Christ said, by me if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer. 